0: Hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to the Cure for the Common Life podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people and make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is activity, not action, activity. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive and that's when you'll crush it. And I humbly offer you these tools and strategies to kick your own ass and make the changes so that you can thrive. But most of all, I'm gonna give you something every single time that you can do to create a change in yourself. Life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold, baby. So if you're ready, let's bold. Hey, what's good? What's good? It's me, Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to another episode of The Cure for the Common Life. I'll be your host here for the next little while. I always say that The Cure for the Common Life is the place to go when you want to grow, the place to be when you want to be set free, the place to come when you want to run, and the place to master going further faster. And because, after all, as the name of the show indicates, we're about doing things differently than the average person, that the common person does. Not that there's anything wrong with the common person, it's just that if you want what you want sooner rather than later, uh, then you got to do something about it. And my outcome is always to share with you the tools, the strategies, the advice, and the knowledge and the wisdom that I've collected over the years to help me do that, but more importantly, help other people do that as well in their life. And the way we normally do it is one of two things. I'll share with you some of my guests, my friends, and people that I've had the privilege of learning from through time. And then also I'll share with you kind of my two cents from time to time. And over the last few times, it's been my celebrity friends, if you will, Malcolm Jamal Warner and Les Brown and uh, and Ray Lewis, and, uh, and the list goes on and on. But today, I wanted to talk about something that, to be honest with you, I, I, I thought about talking about something else, but I, I want to talk about this because of a post that I left on Instagram. And by the way, if you're not following me on Instagram, get your butt on over there and follow me at I am Joseph McClendon on Instagram and same thing on Facebook. And so I made a post uh, a little while ago, as I do almost every morning um, when I go out for my walk. And the post was about how to feel good. And uh, I'll start off by saying this. I don't think anybody can argue, any of us will argue that life goes much, much better when we're feeling good. When we're feeling good about ourselves, we're feeling good about other people, and we're feeling good about the world around us. Optimistic, if you will. But as a scientist, for lack of a better term, I always look at, okay, that's all great, good, and well in terms of you know motivation and empowerment and things like that. It sounds great and everything, but what does it mean and how do you do that? And so I want to Dig deeper because, you know, the post that I made was like three minutes that long or, you know, if it was that long. But I want to dig deeper and tell you the reasons why I say that and then how to do that so that happiness, for lack of a better term, or feeling good becomes your default and life flows accordingly. And what I mean by that, you've heard me talk about this before, maybe, and that is that luck is manufactured. I don't believe so much in coincidence and things like that. Yeah, maybe. But I believe that we make our own Life. We make our own fate. We make our own environment. Some people don't like hearing that because they say, well, listen, so you're saying that I got cancer or I got sick and I made that happen to myself? Well, sometimes, yeah, from our eating habits and so on and so forth, yeah, life is going to deal us some some raw hands or rough hands from time to time. That's going to happen. That's part of life. But how you deal with those things, whether you deal with it optimistically or pessimistically, is all in a line with. The things you believe is all in a line with what you believe about yourself, what you believe about other people, and what you believe about the world around you. And those, by the way, those are our core beliefs, and that's what fuels our lives. That's what makes us do what we do. Those three things are constantly going on. That's called your psychology, by the way. And psychology is just a big word for the conscious and unconscious thoughts that we have about ourselves, other people, and the world around you world around us, the environment around us, if you will. And those beliefs, without going into it, they come from a myriad of different places. Maybe somebody said something to you as a child, or maybe somebody did something to you, or you had an experience. You know, I always say there's two ways of learning things. One is repetition, doing it over and over again, and one is called a significant emotional event. Repetition is all obvious. You do something, you tie your shoes the same way over and over again. You know, you memorize something by doing it over and over again. That's the way we learn everything in our lives is through repetition. It takes a while and you can shorten that, obviously. We talk about that sometimes by, by reward and praise and things like that. And or you can learn things very, very quickly through a significant emotional event. Uh, for instance, a significant emotional event it means something happened that caused you either intense pleasure or intense pain. And in that moment, the brain goes, what preceded that pleasure or pain? And you got a lifelong lesson and it stuck with you. And you didn't have to repeat stuff over and over again. You learned that. And for the rest of your life, that was the way that it was. For example, on the pain side of it, one day when you were quite little, you touched something hot, maybe a stove or an iron or something like that. Intense pain, physical pain, And in that moment, your brain said, what caused that physical and emotional pain in that moment? And it connected it to touching that stove or that iron or putting your hand in the fire or whatever. And it said, all right, lifelong lesson right now for the rest of your life. Don't put your hand in fire. Don't touch hot stuff. And so you didn't have to do that over and over again. Maybe you had to do it once. And the rest of the time, it was probably an accident if you did it. And the same thing with pleasure. Something happened. You did something, maybe you got a, a good grade in school or you, you said something, you did something and somebody praised you. They said, hey, you know, that was fantastic. Or somebody said, I love you behind that or whatever. And your brain went, okay, well, what did I do just before that? Okay, I studied or I got a good grade in this or I, I performed well or I said this, I did this, I wore this perfume or something. And for the rest of your life, you got that lesson. Now, having said that, I want to show you a way that you can condition yourself to feel good most of the time. Because at the top of it, so like I said, life goes much easier and better when we feel good, even when it hands us terrible stuff. And whenever you're listening to this, we're still smack dab, matter of fact, we're second wave of COVID. So if this is way, way in the future, I hope I'm still around way, way in the future listening to this. If you look back, these were the, the, the worst of times and the worst of times, But some of us are thriving during these times. Some of us are pivoting and uh, prospering during these times and feeling good. And I'm one of them at the risk of sounding arrogant because of what I'm about to tell you to do. When I say conditioning, I mean that it makes it so that it's automatic. You don't have to think about it. You default to that, so to speak. Something happens and it may knock you off your groove for a minute, but something inside of you writes you. Something inside of you sets you back on the path of feeling good, of optimism. And it may not be happiness in that moment, but it is a cut above depression, sadness, anger, frustration, and all those things. And if it does happen, it's temporary. And I always say that there are no fearless people. Everybody has fear. Part of the human experience. It's designed to warn you. It's designed to make you alert of impending danger and and pain and maybe even death. But it's there just to warn you. It's not there to jail you and hold you in place, which it does most people. So there are no fearless people, but there are people who fear less. And what I mean by that is not necessarily less in terms of quantity, the amount of times that they feel fear. I mean, less in terms of the duration that they feel the fear. The fear shows up and something happens and it dissipates or they default to optimism They default to those lessons that they've learned in life. You know, we've all had those things where something happened and we responded or reacted a certain way. And then afterwards we go, I knew better than that. Why did I do that again? And part of it is, is because we've not conditioned ourselves to respond or react from a resourceful place. And so as simple as this exercise is that I'm going to give you, because that's always the promise of this show as well, is to give you something to do. Not just give you advice, not just tell you, you know, here's the way or how something works, but give you something that you can do so that you can condition yourself. And as simplistic as this is going to sound, it is, it is, you know, one of the methods to give yourself a significant emotional event and repetition all of it at once and build it in so that you tend to default that way. And so I'll start off by saying this. The name of the game is kindness. There's two types of kindness. There's self-kindness or internal kindness, and then there's external kindness. And I'm gonna talk about both of them, but I'm gonna spend most of my time on external kindness. I'll talk about internal kindness first, and that means being kind to yourself. Lighten up. All I'm gonna to say to this is, is listen, um, especially achievers, which I'm assuming you're probably one of those types I am on this, sh- on this show, listening to me right now, if you didn't want more than the average person. And if you stayed longer when I said if you want what you want sooner rather than later and further, faster and all those things, it probably means you probably label yourself or consider yourself an achiever. You at least want more than the average person. You probably achieved more than the average person. And by the way, I always say to people that if you're listening to me right now, you've achieved more than probably two thirds of the world. Two-thirds of the world out there is living in, let's just say, substandard conditions. They have neither the time or the resources to do what you're doing right now is listening to me on some sort of device. And so you're already doing spectacular compared to most people. And so for most people, what we do is we look at what we have and we go, well, it's not enough. You know, I, haven't, I don't have enough money yet. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough, you know, my body's not exactly where it'll be. And as long as we're doing that we're teaching ourselves not to appreciate ourselves and not to be kind to ourselves and that becomes a loop and that loop is something that i call a psycho emotional physical loop and what that means is whatever you think will cause you to feel a certain way and whatever you feel will cause you to will to physically do something and then that of course what you do will produce another result and it'll cause you to think which will cause you to feel which will cause you to do and it's a loop And most of us get trapped in that loop of beating ourselves up. Most of us get trapped in that loop in comparing ourselves to others compared to what they've gotten and what we do. There's an old saying. The saying is self to self for progress and self to others for possibility. Most of us do just the opposite. And what that means is when you look at somebody else, somebody that maybe has achieved, in your opinion, more than you have. If you look at that person and you go, wow, they've done so much more than me. And that means, you know, I've not accomplished enough. And you don't feel good when you're looking at somebody else's accomplishments and you don't feel good about yourself. Then what you're doing is you're comparing yourself to them. And that's always going to be, like I said, a loop that puts you right back into it. Instead, you need to look at somebody else and you need to look at they did it and therefore I can do it. I'm inspired because of that person. You look at somebody else and you compare yourself to others for possibility. If somebody else has made a million dollars or lost, you know, a hundred pounds or, you know, it's a great relationship, then that means it's possible. And if you look at it and you go, okay, well, that's possible for me. And when you look at yourself, you got to look at yourself and you go, look at how far I've come. And just like I said, just the fact that you're listening to me right now, you found the time, the resources, the energy or whatever to spend the time with me, you're doing better than most people on the planet. So you got to give yourself credit for how far you've come. A baby, when it stands up for the first time and and falls over, it doesn't look at itself and go, I'm a loser. I'm an idiot. Everybody else is walking. The baby goes, wow, everybody else is walking. I can do that too. And it stands up, falls over, and it tries again and tries again. And that seems to atrophy in a lot of adults along the way. So I'm just here to tell you, and that's all the time I'm going to spend on it. You've got to be kind to yourself. You've got to give it up to yourself every moment. You know, my friend Ray Lewis, if you were listening to the podcast uh, uh, about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, Ray Lewis says, look up. Into the mirror when you brush your teeth, look yourself in the eyes, smile and say, I love you. Be kind to you. Now, before I go on to the kindness to other people, let me tell you why kindness is the Rosetta Stone to perpetual feeling good. Whenever you feel good for any reason at all, it means that you have more dopamine in your bloodstream than cortisol. If you dopamine, by the way, is the love drug, is the pleasure drug, is the pleasure solution that your body releases that makes you feel good, that is both a motivator and a reward. And what that means is, is, is when, you're, when you're happy, when you're smiling, your brain literally releases a chemical called dopamine that causes you to feel good. Why do you think they call dope dope? Because it causes you to feel good. It makes you forget about everything else. And in that moment, you get to enjoy it. Your body wants that. It thrives on that. When you're feeling bad, it means that the cortisol, which is the stress hormone, is higher in your body. So one must ask the question, oh, how, how do I create more dopamine? And it's super, super simple. And this isn't the only way, but this is one that everybody can do. And it's simply smiling. Simply smiling. When you smile, remember, it's physiological as well. Your brain tells your body to release more dopamine. That's it. It can't help it. Look up, throw your shoulders back, take a deep breath, and put a smile on your face, move your body. You'll feel good. Now, having said that, here is a little exercise that you can do that is going to cause you to condition yourself, for lack of a better term, to default to feeling good and life goes better. And it it will incorporate even kindness to you. The second kind of kindness is to other people. Think about this. When you give somebody a gift, how does that make you feel when they open it up and and their faces light up? When you give somebody a compliment, when you do something for somebody, who does that make feel good? You. It makes you feel wonderful. And in that moment, your brain releases dopamine. And then your brain goes, why did this dopamine come around? Oh, it's because I did something kind to somebody else, for somebody else. So at the very least, and by the way, it's that loop again. Your brain brain is talking to you. What happened that made you feel good? It's because I did this. And then when you do that, your brain goes, okay, let's do it again. Let's do it again. And you get in the habit of doing it. But here's the great part about it that you might not be thinking about is when you do it, it doesn't stop there. Your brain keeps remembering everything you've ever touched, tasted, smelled, experienced in your life is in your unconscious mind, is in your brain somewhere. So when you do something kind, it lives inside of you and it becomes part of, wait for it, your core beliefs about yourself. And that's the number one thing. Remember, your core beliefs are your beliefs about yourself, other people the world around you. Well, what if you believed if you're a kind person and that you do good and people like you as a result of that? Then guess what? That's going to make you feel good and you'll go through life more optimistic. Can't help, but there's no denying this. And so when you do that, you're kind to somebody else. There's another couple of really great things that makes you more attractive. And I don't mean just looking good and not just attractive to that person. You literally become more electromagnetically charged, which attracts more good stuff to you. Remember what I said at the top of this? Luck is manufactured. It's not happenstance. It's manufactured. The more good you do, the more you glow with goodness. The more you glow with goodness, the more you attract that into your life. And vice versa, by the way. If you walk around with a puss and, and pessimistic and, and all that kind of stuff, guess what? You're going to attract more of that into your life as well at the risk of sounding too cosmic. And so this concept, and by the way, it's the same. Remember I said the core beliefs are yourself, other people, and the world around you. Well, listen, if you're kind to somebody else, then guess what your expectation of other people might be? Not that you expect them to be kind, but your expectation of them is that they would view you, their opinion of you is that you're a good person, you're a kind person, and you deserve the best as well. When you give somebody a compliment... And they look at you and they go, well, thank you very much. In the back of their mind, they're going, well, that was a very nice thing to do. I like this person because they like me. That's just a fact of of life with human beings. We like people that like us. We like people that like ourselves. Even if we're not physically attracted to them and even if they're, you know, we don't want to have a relationship with them or a romantic relationship with them, we like a part of them because they liked us. And so when you, pay a compliment to somebody, or you open the door for somebody, or you do something, some sort of random act of kindness, then guess what? You spread the goodness. They feel good, you feel good, and you create uh, this bubble, if you will. And then guess what? They're probably going to do something nicer to somebody else because they feel good. And that's how we change the planet at the risk of sounding too cosmic and too altruistic. And remember a while ago, I said on my Instagram, every morning, I go for a walk. Now, I've been doing this my whole life, by the way. I was fortunate enough to have a mother who preached this. And not only she preached this, she made us do it. And oftentimes, you know, to our disagreement. My sister, my oldest sister and I, early teens, maybe, no, I remember even when I was like 10, 11 years old in Lancaster, California, in the dead of winter, during Christmas season, from Thanksgiving, first off, my mom would always do several things, but the three main things that stuck out in my life. On Thanksgiving, way before it was popular, my mom would go out and collect food, canned food, and, and she would do these things called basket brigades. I don't know where she got the idea from, but and I remember sitting there in the garage and we'd get these baskets and we'd put food in them, canned goods, anything that my mom could find. I mean, we put these baskets and put them together and make these little wreaths and things, and then we'd go around and we'd give them to people that were less fortunate than us. And we'd just give them away. And I'll never forget the joy on people's faces, you know, kids that, you know, otherwise weren't going to get a Christmas and maybe weren't going to eat or didn't have enough food to eat. We'd give them well, these baskets and, and their lives would change in a moment. And my belief is, is those people uh, believed that other people were kind and good as well. Even though the world was not treating them, let's just say, as good as it could, there was some kindness in their life. The other thing that my mom used to do was she used to make us, and I say make us because I didn't want to do it, and I'm so thankful that she did now, she would make my sister and I go door to door, knock it on doors of strangers. She would drive us to neighborhoods. Now, this was in the olden days when it wasn't as dangerous as it is now. Drive us to neighborhoods and drop us off, and by the way... In case you, know, you don't know, I'm African-American. And she'd drive us to white neighborhoods and drop us off. And she said, I'll pick you up in, you know, like two hours. And our job was to go door to door. And we had these little baskets and we would collect money for the St. Jude's Children's Hospital. And we would go around. We had this little spiel that we would do, go door to door and say, hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III. And did you know that there are people that, you know, that don't have enough money to take care of their hospital bills and things like that? And we're we're raising money to help those children that that are less fortunate than us. I can't tell you how many people slammed the doors in our face. Imagine this, two little black kids. And by the way, she, my sister would go to one door and I'd go to another. We'd never go together. People slammed the doors, the things that they called us, you know, get out of here. I'm going to call the cops on you and things like that. But, and I hated it. I just hated it. And we did this probably five years in a row. After, uh, you know, a few hours of doing this, it was just like, okay, we got to do it. What would happen is the ones that did say yes, that lit us up. It would surprise. I remember the very first time somebody said, yes, okay, well, here, here's, you know, $5 or something like that. I, I thought, really? Now remember, really? Means I got dopamine release. Yes. And what did my brain say? Do it again. Do it again. And guess what? Because I felt better about myself and about other people and so on and so forth. When I approached other people's doors, because I felt good and I felt that, you know, not everybody was going to say yes, but maybe this one, maybe this one maybe this one. And guess what? I felt good. And I'm glowing with that electromagnetic energy. And it made people kinder to me. Long story short. For four years in a row, my sister and I were the number one, we collected more money for that hospital than anybody, and not only just in our whole town, in the state that year, or for for four years in a row. Now, the other thing is, is that my mom used to do this. She used to. How she did it, I don't know, because if somebody came and asked me to do it with my kid, I'd say, step off. But my mom would go into the ghetto. Now, we didn't have a lot of money ourselves you know, we were not rich uh, by any stretch of the imagination. My mom would go into the ghetto and she would convince four families to loan us their children for the summer. Now, I may have spoken about this before, but but it's important you understand this. She, she would get a boy that was younger than me. She would get, and I have three sisters, and she would get One for me, one for my sister, one for my other sister, one for my other sister. And our job was to mentor that kid. And my mom would always tell us, listen, you just be good to these kids because they don't have what you have. You live in a house and our house wasn't great. You know, I got to be honest with you, but they didn't live in a nice house. You know, they didn't live in a house. uh, You know, they barely had clothes and things like that. And we would, and I hated it in the very beginning because I remember it was summertime. You know, it was a time I wanted to be free and hang with my friends, but I had this kid hanging along. But after a while, you know, I realized, and because I remember looking in these kids' eyes, and, the, you know, they looked at me like, well, thank you, thank you. They were so thankful. and That made me feel good to do that. And uh, we did this many, many summers in a row, and we just got used to it. That's just the way our summer was. And it was my mom's way of keeping us off the street and keeping us doing something nice. Well, here's the cool thing about it. Years later, several, well, I say several, there's probably five of them total, contacted me, and they all said the same thing, basically that because of the summer that I spent with you, my life changed and I believed in myself and that made me feel good, that act of kindness. And by the way, that played on and that's part of the reason why I do what I do now. The reason that I have this, this pull, this need to give is because of that. Now, why am I telling you all this stuff? Because my life flows accordingly and everybody that I give this advice to and they start to do it, their life flows accordingly as well. Remember what I said before is that life tends to go better, (laughs) you know, when we feel better. Not at the risk of sounding arrogant, I feel real good about myself. I feel real good about humanity, other people. Yeah, there's creepy people out there. Yeah, there's terrible people out there. Do you know what? My belief in humanity is high because of my experience with humanity. I believe I'm the catalyst to that. And I also believe the third thing, that the world is a good place. I believe the world is full of abundance. The world is full of, of greatness and we can be a part of it as well. So for you, my suggestion to you is random acts. I mean, I'm going to say random. I'm going to say intended acts of kindness. Any and everybody that you can. Pick up the phone and call somebody up that you haven't talked to for a while and go, hey, you know, just thinking about you. I just want to tell you, I appreciate you having been in my life. What are you up to? Have the conversation with them. Open the door for somebody. You know, I did. I, I stopped short of this, but one of the things that I do when I go on my morning walk every morning is I, I go and I, I go to the homes of the elderly people that are around here and I just stand outside the door. You know, it's COVID time and I just talk to them. How are you doing and everything? And I can tell for most of them, it is the highlight of their day. Some of them are in their 90s. And everybody that I see on the street, I cross by, I don't care if they don't acknowledge me or not. I go, hey, how are you doing? Good morning to you. You might think, well, that's kind of dorky. Yeah, Joseph. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'd rather be a prosperous, wealthy dork than an unhappy, non-prosperous, cool person. And so my recommendation, my, my suggestion to you, my assignment to you is spend a week, one week, in every opportunity that you have, do something kind. No matter what you're doing, stop and think about what kind could I do? To your spouse, to your children or whatever. And sometimes that's just a look in the eye and just saying, I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you. They may think you're weird in a moment, but just do it. It makes you feel good. And then lastly, as usual, always reward yourself, praise yourself, pat yourself on the back. Say, I freaking rock. I'm amazing. I am magnificent. And as you do those things, remember, dopamine release. And the more you do it, remember, repetition is the mother of all skill. The more you do it, the more you will do it. You'll get used to it. I promise you, life goes a whole lot better. And then the other part of it, it's a great part about it, is it becomes your default. Something happens and boom, you default into feeling better, more optimistic. And from an optimistic standpoint, you find more solutions and more solutions come to you. And so that's it. Be kind. Be beautifully kind to yourself and to other people as well. Because as you do, You not only change yourself and you not only change the other person, but you do that whole processional effect that you've heard so much about. You know, when the stone hits the pond, it doesn't just, you know, make an indention in the water. It sends out ripples and affects the lily pad and the ducks and all that other stuff as well. The butterfly effect. And that butterfly effect, the more of us that do that, the better place this is going to be. Lastly, I'll say this, that life is exactly what you dare to make. It fortune favors the bold. As simple as this is, boldly step up and dare to be kind. Kindness is the key. I appreciate you. I love you. Spread the word. I'm out. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Cure for the Common Life podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or any topic ideas, you might want to be a guest on my show. You can reach me directly at josephmcclendon.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the top.